Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Do you wear a uniform to work? Perhaps you've never thought about it or just doesn't apply to you or your industry. Well, after today's chat, you might think a lot differently about what you wear, and that includes when you're in lockdown. Today's guest is Pamela Jabor, founder and CEO of Total Image Group, a company which supplies uniforms for some of Australia's largest brands, including Woolies, Dan Murphy's, as well as our Olympic athletes. About 15 years ago, Pamela was in her early 20s when she founded Total Image Group. And as you'll hear shortly, its success today came from a lot of hard work and a lot of cold calling in those early days. She's such an inspiration and full of energy and business smarts. And she's still so young. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you so much for joining Tea with the Queen. It's lovely to have you on here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And our audience can't see, but you have a bookshelf in the background and it looks amazingly sorted, (laughs) which tells me quite a lot about your personality. (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) It's actually sorted by category. I love the colour sorting, but I I, I have cookbooks and, yeah, spiritual and all that kind of thing, all sorted by category. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So we'll dive straight in. Total Image Group is a wonderful success story. You must be very proud. Congratulations. Thank you. Could you tell me a bit about the company and how it all started? Absolutely. Um, Gosh, I've had the business 16 years now. I um, I just realised that, so time certainly flies. But I grew up with fashion, so my mum was known for her fashion sense, like through the school playground, growing up, everyone would always comment, oh, your mum's just so stylish. So she always kind of made a huge effort to get dressed and and make an effort, regardless of of what it was. Um, And also dad was in fashion manufacturing. So he had a business called Trade Bond, where he was one of the first Australian businesses to deal direct with China over 40 years ago and open an office there and manufacture business shirts and suits. Um, So growing up, I kind of watched him um, grow his business and learnt a lot about fabrics and obviously with mum, you know, and her style. And through uni, I was thinking about what I wanted to do, as you do when I left uni, um, and knew I wanted to work with dad, but didn't really want to work with dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Knew I wanted to work in fashion, but didn't really want to work in fashion. I I thought it was quite scary. Uh, So kind of came up with the concept that I could leverage off his manufacturing background with business shirts and suits and work in the uniform space. And 16 years ago, you know, uniforms were not fashion. Uh, It was simply about an embroidered shirt. So I I studied marketing and I was super passionate about the power of a brand. And again, kind of realized that in the uniform space, no one connected the two. So what brand 
impact has on a uniform and vice versa. And so we were one of the first companies to kind of go really hard with a focus on fashion, a focus on brand and brand storytelling through what people wore to work, but also kind of spoke very loudly about how people feel in what they wear and and the importance of that. And that was really our point of difference. So yeah, 16 years ago, that's how we started. Um, It's a tough industry, but yeah, here we are today. I love it. And I read somewhere recently that you dress more than 300,000 Australians at work every day. Well, you know, obviously you don't dress them personally, (laughs) but that's the number of people who have work uniforms supplied by your group. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 300,000 people wake up every day and put on a turtle image uniform across the country, also in New Zealand. So we have a few clients there as well. So it's pretty cool. That's amazing. What do you see are the benefits of staff uniform in a business? Oh, I think it's just so important. There's there's so many benefits. I think number one, it's kind of an equalizer. You know, we're all one team. We all have the one goal. We all work together. And it just reiterates that every day, I think, when people see their colleagues wearing the same as them and, and you can style it your own way. I also think it kind of reinforces who they work for and what that represents, particularly now, you know, with COVID and lockdown and this big disconnect with offices, I was very vocal about the importance of people still wearing some kind of corporate uniform or something important because it reminds them that they are part of something bigger. They're not alone. And I think it's been really lonely for a lot of people. And I think that is just such a symbolic way to keep your routine, you know, wake up every day, put that on, remember who you work for and that you're part of something bigger. Yeah. In one of the lockdowns, I've got three daughters, but my littlest is seven. Yeah. And in the first or second lockdown I don't know if we're up to so many but anyway in one of the lockdowns yeah uh, I said to her okay you need to wear your uniform and the school didn't need the uniform but I'm like no you wear your uniform because I think that will give us some kind of sense of routine and stuff anyway that lasted three days Uh, but I think if the school had mandated it I think actually it would have been really helpful for all the parents out there who had these questions about can I just wear my pajamas can I rock up in my Audi you know like if they had just gone let's all do that then it would have made them feel a little less disconnected I can totally say that well I know a lot of Sydney schools this round have made it mandate for kids to wear their uniform and I was quite surprised that they didn't do it earlier or that that hasn't been like a national approach I think for kids it's so important that that routine and that normality and I think it's quite confusing if if you can kind of homeschool in your PJs or you know it's it's um I agree if they mandate what about those businesses who they've all sent their staff home people are working at home a lot more now they would wear a uniform if they're in an office What about when they're working at home? What's your thought on that? I've been actually really vocal about this and I got some media coverage because I created a hashtag, hashtag active ways for exercise. And don't shoot me down. But honestly, you know, I'd sit in these Zoom calls with some of the largest companies in our country, with some of the most senior people. And these are leadership meetings and we're discussing some pretty important things. And haven't brushed their hair, you know, no makeup or literally have just come from a yoga session, quinoa in in bowl, scoffing that through the meeting. And it's just, it was like, what have we come to? How, how, how is this happening? But not just that, I also really have been concerned for everybody's emotional well-being. And I know for me personally, when I've been really flat is I find when I wasn't dressing up. So if I got into that of, you know, sneakers every day, not really brushing my hair, not putting on any makeup, which, you know, it's nice to give your skin a break. It's nice to have those days where you've got to sit down and get documents done and wear a tracksuit. But I think 
breaking that and getting back into some form of routine gives us that normality. And I really do believe that, you know, every we need every tool we can get to stay motivated through these times and dressing the part helps you play the part, regardless of whether it's Zoom or not. So yes, I made a lot of noise and said, Zoom is still a meeting. What would you wear to a meeting? Please brush your hair. (laughs) I love that. I also love the fact that nothing is normal anymore. And so if there are some things you can do or some routines you can create or some habits you've got that helps you feel like it's a bit more normal, then why wouldn't you? Well, I think as well, you know, I think guys feel great when they spray their perfume, gel their hair, wear a shirt, like that kind of ceremony of getting dressed to go out or, you know, and for us girls, putting on some lipstick, putting on some heels, like we do feel good. It does create that energy. And, and I've said, do you, like I've, I have had some really big meetings and I've worn heels, even though I'm at home under the desk, just because it made me feel good (laughs) and, and feel that power, you know, in my presentation and it's hard to pitch and present virtually. You really have to go a thousand percent for people to feel that vibe, you know, and it's a tough market. So when you're selling, you need to sell. And so if you need to wear heels or put on some makeup to make sure that you're, you know, presenting well, then I think everyone should. One of my mentors says to me that she wears tighter undies when she needs to perform. just So they're like a little bit more uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing, right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> hilarious love it do you feel like it only makes sense for certain industries like service industries to have uniforms what's your take on it no I I don't I think uniforms serve a place in in any industry and any business you know if it's corporate again it's that equalizer it's reinforcing what they're about but also you can have a lot of fun so casual Fridays introducing a casual polo or t-shirt and so perhaps on those days in corporate offices everyone wears them or when there's conferences events I think regardless of where you work and how big or small your business. I think branded merchandise and uniform, very similar, always have a place. Yeah, beautiful. I think you've answered my next question, which is about do uniforms work from frontline staff to retail staff to different levels of the organisation? What's your sense on that? Yeah, look, I think, you know, I'll never forget when I met Greg Foran, who 10 years ago was the CEO of Big W Australia and then carried on to be, you know, second in charge of the Woolworths group. And I had to pitch my uniform design to him back then. It was more than 10 years ago. What am I saying? Gosh, see, it was about 14 years ago. <laughs> anyway, um, I had to pitch to him and and he was as senior as it gets. And, and very rarely do we pitch uniform at that level for a company that size. And he was so passionate about the project and making sure that he was on board. And he would wear the uniform in any public appearance, in any store setting. And I think it kind of really sold the story of, of the importance of that, that he that he was for it and that he believed in it and he led by example. So I, I definitely think regardless of your role, it may not be appropriate to wear it every day, but I think particularly in settings where people look up to you or you have a presence, rocking that, that uniform with your logo definitely sends a very powerful message. Well, and I'm sure it takes the decision fatigue out of trying to work out what you wear every day. Oh, absolutely. And oh, that's, a, that's a bonus, surely. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, you know, what a lot of people don't realise, particularly now with this focus on sustainability, is uniform is a sustainable choice because it's fit for purpose. It's made to be washed and worn every day, whereas actually fashion isn't. You know, fashion is is made to be worn, you know, not every day, not thrown through the wash. And I think people go through far more clothes when they don't wear a uniform. 
Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? I mean, you touched on it earlier, but what sets you apart from other uniform suppliers is that your uniforms aren't daggy. (laughs) They're they're fashionable, right? So, which obviously helps when you ask staff to wear them. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think when we first started, fashion was definitely our edge. I think um, a lot of people in our space have come a lot further and there are a few fashionable options out there. But for me, um, we're a family business, you know, we've got a team that have been with us, majority of them over 10 years. So they've, they've been through the journey. And I think a lot of the big players in our industry don't have that. Um, so that personal connection. So our clients kind of work with someone and, and we see it through. But not just that, we kind of give that big uniform experience. So something that normally a Westpac or a Qantas may experience, we give that to clients who are much smaller. You know, um, we're really passionate about ensuring their uniform journey is a success. So we'll do a fashion show, we'll create them an online store, which is like branded just for them and their staff log in and it's like they're shopping, you know, their brand. And so we do all those little things and and quite often only the big businesses have access to that. So I'd say that's a big part of our, our edge as well. I love that. And I mean, your client list is impressive. You've got Dan Murphy's, Fantastic Furniture, the medical sector, Woolies, you've already talked about Big W, and you were even the official uniform supplier for the 2018 Australian Winter Olympics. I mean, it's amazing what you've been able to achieve. What do you think is the secret to your success? I understand that you're a family business and all of that, but what else? Um, I think for me personally, I think in any business, I think business is tough. And I think if people go into it thinking it's easy or it's quick, then they give up. I don't know. I'd say patience, persistence, and and just continuing to knock on doors until, you know, those doors open. The first 12 months of Total Image, I had zero customers, zero income, literally 12 months of door knocking and, and not one response. But I kind of knew that the minute I got one yes, the rest would follow. And yeah, I'm I'm super passionate about big business and small business and brands in general. And I I feel super privileged to be able to kind of get in, understand their marketing, meet with their executives, learn about them, but as an external and then come back to my family business. And and I think that they appreciate that too. That's the big part of our success. They they feel that connection. Yeah. I can imagine that you kind of sit between two worlds almost don't you like big business small business and then come back into the family business yeah. like that that's amazing because it gives you a whole well-rounded set of skills <laughs> it really does. so you kind of get to play in the big business place without having to be in the big business place yeah you get to you get to enjoy it without the politics yes correct <laughs> <laughs> I mean you are a girl after my own heart I understand that you made a lot of phone calls in the early days to build your business tell me what was that like because I kind of did the same thing I'm a I'm a relationship builder. I like to have quality conversations. And in my first year of business, I made a lot of calls and I had a lot of coffees, had to give up coffee, drank too much. But tell me, what was it like for you? Look, I I guess for me, I get asked this question a lot. And to be honest, the time just went by. I didn't even realize I'd been doing it for 12 months. I'm very competitive and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are. And so for me, each day was a day. And it's almost like the same approach I have now to COVID. I'm very futuristic and I like to plan and think ahead, but also there's times where you just need to be in that moment and focus on that moment. So I set a goal of making 100 calls and that day was that day. And then I'd walk away from that day and start again. And I was learning so much. And I think I was just so, again, that competitive side of me was adamant that, you know, I'd, I'd turn it around and I was building database and emailing them. And, you know, it kind of just happened without me planning for it to happen. <laughs> well, you planned the 100 phone calls and then yes. from then. Correct. Yeah. 
It's amazing. What's it like for those people that are listening and listening to, you know, you had this vision, obviously you knew it was going to work, you're persistent, you were consistent, you picked up the phone, very important people, pick up the phone. Some of the people that I coach, we've got this thing where it's just hashtag pick up the damn phone. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we also have this other hashtag that says hashtag Emma is always right. I like that one better. Oh. And they've, they've had T-shirts made out of that, which is hilarious. But anyway, what's it like for people, for you being a CEO in your 30s? Um, I think I think it was harder being a CEO in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> good point. Yeah. Um, I, and I think I feel like I've earned my stripes. I was really hard on myself. You know, I started my business when I was 21 and my role I was called um, marketing and sales coordinator. I then moved to sales assistant. And actually for the longest time, can't remember whether it was even 10 years, like for the longest time, no one knew it was my business. I used to get poached all the time, <laughs> um, which was funny. Uh, and, and I didn't feel I, earned, I had earned that title in, in age or experience. So I became sales director and then CEO. And I feel like that was a journey almost psychologically for me as well. And so, yeah, once I, I gave myself that title, I felt like I earned it. <laughs> It's so interesting. How come you didn't give yourself that title at the very beginning? I didn't think anyone would take me seriously. I was 21 um, and I was pitching for big business. Like, so I, I pitched for Big W at the age of 21. They they had 30,000 employees, you know, across a couple of hundred stores. I, I was competing against publicly listed companies. And so I had a marketing department, a production department, an accounts department. I had a manager that had to approve any decrease in price. It was actually a really good kind of leverage because I could never be held to give a discount in a meeting. (laughs) (laughs) You hacked yourself. You had your own hacks on your rules. Go back and do the calculation. My management's agreed to 5%. And um, so it worked really well in in that regard. (laughs) Anyone anyone who's listening, she didn't really. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what do you think has so the experience and skill, you've got just more wins under your belt, I suppose. And Big W at 21. So you won them at 21. When you won them, what happened? What was going through your brain? Were you like, holy crap, now I have to deliver on this thing? Or what was going on? Yeah, I guess. I think for the first day, it was just a total win. Um, But just to tell you how far the industry, plus also my business. So a big part of Uniforms is offering online stores. And so, yes, it was we've got to fit 30,000 individual people with a uniform. We needed to create an online ordering platform for them to order and we needed to process the order. So the part with China and producing and design, that was okay because I had dad's backup and support there. But the systems and the logistics behind it, and we had none, that was the tricky part. So we literally, and back then online stores weren't as common in uniform. So it, it gave us time. And so what we did was actually send out order forms to every store and we collected by store 30,000 pieces of paper. And I had I think a team of five data entering and we allowed four weeks to key 30,000 orders. And it was no longer about a hundred calls a day. It was how many orders can you process? You need to process 120 orders a day. That was kind of like the goal. So yeah, looking back then, now people just you know jump on and order. It's, it's very different. I love that. But also just goes to show how far we've come, right? Correct. 
Yeah. What do you think's next for you? What's it going to feel like to be in your 40s and a CEO? What, what do you think is next for you? <laughs> Look, I, I have no idea, um, particularly with the current climate. I, I love what I do and we're in a long-term business. So I'm super passionate about that and we've got some great clients and, and I'm continually looking to evolve and um, challenge myself and, and our business. And I guess particularly with COVID, one of the biggest things we've always done and I've always done strategically is we've operated across multiple verticals. So we, we don't just service retail. We don't just service healthcare. And I did that so that we were spread and that saved us um, because obviously when some industries had to close or and currently are closed, we were able to kind of push our focus on the other areas that needed us more. And so continuing to diversify, I had this real laser focus on big corporate for the longest time. I think once you win a client as big as Big W or as big as Woolworths, it's really hard to top that. And being competitive, you keep trying. And I've recently let that go because I do get equal enjoyment, if not more, out of working with clients that aren't necessarily as big. And so we've shifted our strategy. And it'll be really interesting to see because we've only done that over the last six months and it's a slow process where that takes us over the next 12 months five years yeah so important isn't it because with uh lockdowns and COVID and businesses collapsing it breaks my heart to see the businesses yeah it's really sad what do you wish you had known before you embarked at 21 on growing this business Mm, that's a really good question. And and I stumble with that one. It's more around, I think, I wish I was easier on myself. I think we can often be our hardest critics. And I wish I someone could come up to me or I, back then I was told, enjoy the wins, you know, enjoy the wins and stop trying to get to the next challenge and achieve the next win, have that moment. Because I did burn out quite a few times and, and, you know, health became an issue. And I think had I paused and enjoyed the moment. I, I enjoy the business far more now because I do pause. I, I recognize those signs. I celebrate the wins. And I think I could have had a lot more fun and enjoyed it a lot more back then had I known that. Yeah, but you sound pretty driven. So you just wanted to get this thing up and running, I reckon. Keep going and keep going. And keep going. <laughs> How many employees does Total Image Group have now? Oh, 35. Wow. And are they all in the same location? No, so we have 20 in, we have Sydney, we have Melbourne, and I also have a team in China on the ground. So I, I inherited dad's team. So that business changed. And obviously when, well, not obviously, but the world kind of opened up and fashion started going direct to China, that kind of reduced dramatically. Um, and the GFC with retail, because his major business was retail. So I, lucky as a family, we had total image and um, I took over the China team. And so I have staff there that have been with our family for 20 years. Wowzers. And how heavily is your dad still involved? He's chairman. He's in a few days a week. Um, he's very much my my mentor. We chat every day, um, but he kind of takes over the finances. So um, helps with reporting, P&Ls. I'm starting to enjoy that a lot more, but that was definitely more his space. Yeah, right. And I hear that you've just launched a new label, which is called Capsule Collection Wardrobe. What's that? Um, look, I often get asked, so that's a fashion brand um, for women. And it's it's really about that focus of core pieces that everyone should have in their wardrobe that lasts a lifetime. I am very much obsessed with my clothes and they become like family. And I have, like I have clothes, I I lost my mum when I was young and she was the same. She bought quality over quantity and I have a lot of her pieces and I wear them and they're so special and they don't date. And so I'm really passionate about that messaging that you don't necessarily need to keep up with trends. Like every woman should have an awesome coat, 
a trench coat or a really lovely fitting blazer that they can wear casually or to a power meeting. So I have over the years made a lot of my own clothes and often get asked where they're from. And, and so kind of thought, well, COVID's here. We're, we're in the process of diversifying. Um, and so I launched a label and yeah, I love it. It's scary because it's the first time I'm designing for me. Yeah. Usually I design on behalf of someone and it's far less scary. <laughs> I love that. And who's your target market with that? I just think uh, it's broad. So I'd say so women um, right from uni right up to, you know, I I have my grandma's wearing some of my pieces. So they're really classic. That's the point. Like anyone can wear a trench coat. Anyone can rock a blazer. I've seen someone style it with shorts and points and go clubbing, and I've seen someone rock it in a boardroom. So (laughs) I love that. I love that. It's so funny, the pieces that continue. I've got a bright yellow trench coat that was my nana's beautiful quality and um really much smaller sizes let me just tell you but anyway um (laughs) but it's beautiful I keep it my wardrobe as a reminder and it's like in crisp condition it's probably a hundred years old now and I just love the fact that there's a story to it and I love the fact that you've got a story you know the story about your mom and the story about your dad and all that kind of stuff is so lovely to hear what would you tell our audience for those budding CEOs? What are some a couple of practical tips you would tell them? I, I think that nothing is quick. It takes time and it's not easy. I kind of always say that because I feel like particularly these days, everyone's looking for that quick fix or quick win. I also think the power of a network and the power of learning. Um, And so I'm always looking for be it virtual seminars or conferences or biographies to read to get my inspiration. And I think the minute you think you don't need to learn anymore, then, you know, you're not doing. So push yourself to continue to learn and then find your people, find your tribe that motivate you, drive you, you find a coach, a mentor, and that can continue to evolve and change through your career. And I think that sets you up on the right path. I love that. I think everyone does want some quick wins, you know, and um, I think sometimes we make things look too easy, like we're an overnight success. Yeah. It's like, it's 20 years in the making, but yeah, okay, overnight, whatever. (laughs) And then as you continue, challenges change and evolve. So it's not that those disappear, they're just different problems (laughs) problems <laughs> yeah absolutely and actually sometimes as you get bigger they're much bigger problems <laughs> yeah yeah I get that and how do people connect with you Pamela what do they need to do yeah personally um my Instagram handle is at Pam Jabor or otherwise follow Total Image Group um same thing our website totalimagegroup.com.au or on Instagram oh that's awesome I just love that you've come on and you're probably the youngest CEO we've had on tea with the queen but also that you've learned so many things along the way and just a realization that things don't necessarily come easy all the time and sometimes you just need to be consistent and keep showing up and it seems like you've been showing up for a long time so well done thank you and thank you so much for joining us on tea with the queen and please come again please come back when you're in your mid-40s i'd love (laughs) to ask that question again absolutely (laughs) thank you so much for having me That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I would love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. I look forward to your company next episode. I'm Emma McQueen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>